Punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Welcome to episode 20, the big 2-0 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and as always, I'm joined by Adam. And once again, the UFC has delivered in a major way with another fight of the year Contender. I was reaching for the word. I know what. I don't know what word to say. Display, competition, contender, used, fight yeah. of the year, contender with with Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. Holy shit, Adam! What a fight, mate! Un- unbelievable. I think um, I think we've used every adjective under the sun over the last few weeks with the, the incredible. I'm going to bring my thesaurus to the next. Yeah. Bring my thesaurus <laughs> to the next episode. Just sit here. What's the synonym for holy fucking shit incredible fight? Can we find that? <laughs> we need we need a Googler just like in just helping both of us out with um Yeah with what's going on. But Nori, yeah, do you wanna be shit. do you wanna be our Googler? <laughs> I'm just asking ask Nori if she wants to be our the punch drunk official Googler. She's nodding her head, she's eating a cookie, she's in. We can't pay you anything. <laughs> pull that up, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pull that up, Nora. <laughs> but um Oh, it was it was, a, it was an unbelievable fight. Like I, I felt like we've been too spoiled the last few weeks. So like I was just watching it, like oh, this is kind of boring. But like I had that was with the perspective of just these stupidly stacked cards we've had in the last few weeks. But the the actual Holloway fight was world class as expected. And um, yeah, I, honestly, for a while there, uh, I was like. Is Holloway gonna lose? Like, is Holloway done? Is Holloway on a decline for like a split second, and then he just sort of and then you're like, nah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man, he but took a beating. He always takes a beating. He's so durable. He absorbs so many strikes, and you keep wondering, is this the fight that's gonna catch up to him? You know, it's that Hawaiian style. You don't want to, you know, group all the Hawaiian fighters in one. But you know, it was very much BJ Penn style back in the day. And, we saw his career quickly drop off from all the damage he absorbed. But I think Max Holloway lives a much cleaner, much more professional life than old BJ Penn did back in the day. It's a completely different kettle of fish. But yeah, man, if you wanted to get someone into MMA, you would sit them down and go, okay, watch the Max uh, (laughs) fight. Just watch this because you'll you'll be a fight fan for life. And what's insane is even though, you know, we're pretty much let's say we're post-pandemic now and we're having UFC events with full crowds, they're still putting these shows on at the Apex Center. And there's a few more people in there, but it's still really small. It's like the Contender Series. There's a little bit of atmosphere. But I do, I sort of get what you're saying. It can be quite hard to get into the flow of these UFC fight nights in the Apex because there isn't the crowd, there isn't the same hype. But once the fights get going, you're in and you forget all about that. 
but certainly having the crowds there can help build the excitement and the anticipation. I mean, Madison Square Garden was absolutely crazy. And then you go back to 500 people in the apex in a smaller cage and less production value. And it's a testament to the quality of the fight and the excitement that they put on that we're still so hyped and talking about Holloway and Yair as one of the fights of the year after just after having to follow the likes of Gaethje versus Chandler. And people are going, oh yeah, this, this fight was kind of on that level. That you, you put that perfectly. You've just nailed that like it was a verse out of the Holy Bible, mate. I, could, I can't, as, as the Bible is, his, is exactly word for word accurate and truth, so, so is everything you say. But um, I, 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 I still want to see Rodriguez fight Volk. Is what I was thinking at the end of the, at the end of that fight. I was like, I, I kind of want to see him get a title shot. I know he has not earned it right now, but like he hasn't earned it. But yeah, <laughs> he, he he kind of earned it in the way that you know Dana said in the press. He's like, Yair's stock didn't go down. You come away from over over two years away and you come back and you perform like that against, for many people, still the greatest featherweight of all time. Despite the fact that Volk has two wins over him, a lot of people still hold Max in this different tier above everyone else. And I suppose that's going to be settled when they have this inevitably inevitable trilogy, which is unusual. But when you look at the, the circumstances, of this unique situation, it's not all that unusual because they were razor thin decisions. Both times Holloway's gone away. He's earned this shot beating Rodriguez. There's not really anyone else for him to fight right now. A trilogy with Volkanovski makes sense, but yeah, I want to see Rodriguez get another huge matchup and, I suppose we can talk about what's next for, for, for both of these guys shortly. But sticking on the fight itself, were you surprised that Rodriguez was able to come in and, and perform the way he did? Oh, 100%. I, I don't know if I thought it would be like a quick knockout or anything, but I guess I didn't think it would be an out-and-out war, at least on Holloway's end. Like, it, it, was, a, it was a war going both ways. Like, I, I thought, it would, if anything, it might have been like Holloway's last fight where he just – throughout, you know, 500 strikes to 150 or whatever it was like that. And it was a bit of a war, but it was super, super, super one-sided where this was this was still a bit one-sided, but nowhere near as much as um, Holloway's last fight. And I don't know, I, I think judging off that, like Rod Rodriguez is probably the third best um, in that division at the moment. And yeah, it, I, it's one of those weird... MMA things where you can lose a fight and get beat the fuck up and your stock rises because of um, who it was against and the way you got beat up. And, man, those yeah. guys probably could have gone for 10 rounds. Right. And so the USC hasn't – well, sorry, the USC has updated their rankings. Uh, Rodriguez hasn't moved. He's still number three. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a really exciting division at the top here. Obviously, you know, really, I think you have Volk and Holloway are, are in their own tier above. But the likes of Ortega, Rodriguez, Korean Zombie, Calvin Cater, Giga Chikadze, Arnold Allen, highly touted prospect coming back from, from injury, uh, UK fighter, Josh Emmett, Dan Ige, uh, and, you know, Shane Burgos just put on an excellent performance as well. This is a really exciting time for the 145-pound division. And... I wasn't expecting it necessarily to be a war the way it was. I thought Max would have been able to neutralize Rodriguez a little better. He outperformed my expectations. 
but I didn't. I wasn't expecting a finish because I was expecting Max to win. And the reality is, Max hasn't had a finish since 2018. Nearly three years, Max hasn't had a finish. And even then, it took him, uh, you know, to the end, to the end of the fourth round, to get that fight stopped against Ortega. He's for someone who pours on a lot of volume and has such great boxing, he doesn't have the heaviest hands. He is a bit more of a Diaz-style fighter where those shots accumulate over the course of the fight and he's just well-rounded everywhere. So I wasn't necessarily expecting a stoppage, but I wasn't expecting the type of war and the determination and the grit that Yair Rodriguez showed. I think that's uh, like that's what happens in this weight class as well, isn't it? Because those because they're not giants and they don't hit with that brute brute forces you know a lot of the fighters do in the divisions above them it just means that they can have these fights and we see it a lot happen in the women actually where they're not hitting hard enough to ko so it's just they just beat the absolute shit out of each other because it's just volume and volume and volume and i feel like that's kind of what happens in this division like these guys aren't hitting quite enough to just you know, shut the lights out. Obviously, if you were just standing there copping it, it would shut the lights out. But if you're fighting and defending and, you know, getting moving out of the way, they're not hitting enough to just uh, flatline you, especially at the top. It's weird, level. though, because, I, yeah, I feel like you get more finishes and more devastating hit, hitters in the 135 division, and I can't work out why. I don't know whether it's just the different body types that you have. and It's strange. And maybe this, this is just pure... Anecdotal. I haven't like done a deep dive into finish rates or anything like that. I just feel when I'm watching the bantam weights, maybe because they're just like that little bit faster and a bit more fast twitch that adds into the likelihood of a, a finish where the 45ers are in this like mid range. I don't know. It's it's. But all I know is watching the 45ers is a privilege every time because there's just so many great fights in that division. This was, uh, you know. This was not an exception. This was truly one of the great fights. And so let's talk about what's next for the guys who put on such a great and spectacular performance. Max Holloway, we think, is going to be a trilogy fight with Volkanovski. Dana White alluded to that. He always says he doesn't make fights immediately afterwards. But there was talk of, well, what is Max going to do next? He has these two losses to Volkanovski. Uh, Conor McGregor seemed very interested in having a fight with Max Holloway. He's been... He's been tweeting pretty heavily. Of I don't know why he does it. Why does Conor McGregor go on these like he just tweet drinks, rants and then delete them? Do you reckon it's drinking? But then he's got a social media team. Does he get on and tweet and then his media team come in and like clean up his mess afterwards? Or does he just do it because he wants the screenshots circulating? I don't know. It's a really weird thing because the tweets are always going to be there. There's screen grabs of them. There's the archives. Like... It's a very strange way. But what went out and has stayed up on his Instagram is him watching uh, the announcement of the fight in his lounge room with no shirt on, stalking the television <laughs> like a lunatic. Oh, my God. He's like that one like super drunk guy at the pub when you're watching a Conor McGregor fight that's just ready to yeah, bash the first sh- person. Shadow, the- shadow, shadow boxing at the bar, like thinking they're real hard, like did a Thai bow class three years ago and is, is ready to take on ready to take on the world. <laughs> yeah, it's like if that wasn't Conor McGregor doing that, it would be the funniest thing ever. Like it would be... Right, but mean. the fact that it is makes it awesome. I absolutely love it. And Max is one of the few guys that Conor didn't finish at 45. Conor's one of the few guys that Max hasn't been able to beat at 45. Like I don't think they ever... Connor ever gets down to there, but we've seen Max go up to 55. And the reality is, Connor is an inflated featherweight. Like he struggled hard, but he's put on so much muscle 
to, to, to go up and compete at 170 because he wants to be going all over the place in weight classes, he could still make, you know, make a comfortable catch weight 150 or even have that fight at 155. I think, as Dana White said, it's silly to be talking about fights with Conor McGregor when he's not going to be fighting till you know the middle of next year at best because he's still working his way back from rehab and can't put any pressure on his leg. So the logical fight for Max Holloway is to have this trilogy with Volkanovski. I think that you know they probably they both need a well Max needs a a good month off now after taking that damage, but you know that could be a fight that could be made after the first quarter of next year. That would be a huge event. Um, you could you can market that fight really easily yeah. because of how close it was. Yeah. And sort of I think I think Volkanovsky's gotten better. His stock is way up after his performance against Ortega and the way he demolished him. So I think there's appetite for it. I think it'd be great and we can finally put it to bed. And no matter how close the decision is, if Volkanovsky's able to have three wins over Holloway, you go, There's no way you can possibly call Holloway the greatest featherweight of all time. And so there's so much for Volkanovski to get up for, for that. Like this legacy of like, okay, Volk, you're the greatest featherweight of all time. Okay. I yeah. see you. You but, form a little fat semi-professional rugby league player. <laughs> there's a huge, but here, what happens if Holloway wins? Because technically Volkanovski is up two one still. So it's like, do they fight again and this then Holloway could be, wins it could and then be, it's two all? It's like, what the fuck is Honestly, there? honestly, there's enough. Uh, if Holloway wins and came out and, and it was close again, you go, all right, let's run it back again. I think if Holloway comes out and starches him, which I don't think happens because, A, you know, the the, 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 the class is they're so razor close in, in class and ability, yeah. and, B, Holloway isn't a finisher and doesn't have the heaviest hands. But if either one of them comes, you know, if Holloway somehow came out and, and caught him with a flying knee or was able to, I don't know. I don't see, I, I don't see a path in which Holloway finishes Volkanovski. I just don't neither, see it. Neither. But if that was to happen, maybe they, maybe they put it to, maybe they put it to a, to bed because he was the only one to have a convincing, vi- I don't know. I don't know. But honestly, do you mind? No. Would you mind seeing nope. the fourth fight? But it's gonna, a say, privilege gonna, to see. It's going to have to be five for Holloway to technically be the uh, the better fighter. I can't. Yeah, I'm trying to think of of MMA rivalries. <laughs> Has anyone ever four? fought five times in the history of combat sport? I don't know. Other than like low level kickboxing and shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, he had a tri- yeah. He had a trilogy with Vitor Belfort, but I, I can't. No, no one comes to mind with to have four fights uh, especially championship fights right uh, at such a high level it would be it would be incredibly unique but these two fighters are incredibly unique and it's so rare to have two guys that are a bee's dick apart in talent and heart and ability and work ethic and fan popularity that there is enough appetite in the MMA world to just keep giving us Max Holloway versus Volkanovski. If they're a, you know, if Holloway's able to, to make it two one in, in the trilogy. And obviously you can't answer this, but I'm still going to ask you the question. What is there just a, if Holloway wins, no matter what the victory is close knockout submission, anything, Surely there's just an instant rematch from Volk. Like if it's uh, yeah, there has, there to, has be. to be. Yeah. There has to be because <laughs> also because there's also no one else, right? 
They've yeah. all, Ortega got put out of the picture by both of them convincingly, and Holloway's just beaten Yair Rodriguez. What, what else do you do at that point? Unless the only way you see that changing is if one of them says, okay, I'm changing weight classes permanently. But otherwise, yeah, let's run it back. Let's do it again. Give me number four. Do you think I'm in. Any I'm element. already in. We haven't even had the third one, and I'm in for the fourth fight. <laughs> do you think Talk there's about any looking chance ahead. Holloway would retire if he just won the belt? No, no, he's an animal. He's just going to keep fighting. He's a, he is a fighter. That's what he does. He loves it. He loves the wars and he constantly talks about, he's like, you know, he wants that one back over Conor McGregor. He'll campaign for that till the day he dies. Everyone wants that one back from Conor McGregor or just anything with Conor McGregor, I guess. But yeah, I'm never going to complain about seeing a Holloway Volkanovski fight or a Holloway McGregor fight. Right. Right, exactly. So what do you think's next for Yair Rodriguez? Bearing in mind that his foot is broken and five times the size it should be. He can't walk right now. And what a gamer. Broken his foot and is still kicking and slinging at Max. Just like mm. unbelievable. What a psycho. So what, what What do you see in the division for him? Let's say he, you know, he's good to go in half a year time, six months time. What do you do with Yair Rodriguez? Do you give him Brian Ortega or is there someone else? Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that fight. Ortega. The most simple way is just go if, because I assume even though Ortega's fight was, you know, a while ago now, he needed he needed a long time off. So they both come back. Maybe even like dream. The dream situation is Volk fights Holloway, and on that same card, you've got Ortega versus Rodriguez, uh, number one contender spot, and you and I are just lubing up watching the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we get it on the same card because I think I think Volk probably wants to fight in the first quarter and Holloway will be good to go. Uh, whereas Rodriguez and Rodriguez needs time for his foot to heal. Brian Ortega needs time for the the swelling on his brain to still come down and also just spend some more time away from his kids. So if he if he can just desperately be a bad father for a few more months and stretch it out, he'll he'll definitely sign on the on the dotted line for that. Um, <laughs> Let's we should get let's him on. move. Yeah, he'd love that. He's definitely going to come on now after every time I mention him. <laughs> um, let's quickly talk about this heavyweight fight. It was pretty fun. Two big guys. Uh, Delima came just came out, waded forward, and put hands on Ben Rothwell. Had him in all kinds of trouble. There was a little bit of controversy over the stoppage with Herb Dean sort of deciding to stop it, then not, and then afterwards deciding that he had indeed stopped the fight. Bit of a strange one. I think overall there was no complaints from Ben Rothwell. Herb's initial reaction to stop the fight was correct, but he, he second-guessed himself because <laughs> it, it looked so like weird. Rothwell. It was really, it was really I, weird, and Herb's had, a, Herb's had a run of a few, a few bad decisions. I think it, it was bad. one of those situations where, <laughs> you know, if like someone you really, really love no matter what it is, they do something wrong. You always forgive them. They do another thing wrong and you forgive them. And then like, depends how much you love them. You keep forgiving. You're talking about, you're talking about Stockholm. You're talking about Stockholm syndrome, Adam. (laughs) But it actually is Conor McGregor. You're talking about bad women syndrome. Yeah. Think of it like, honestly, we should all hate McGregor. We should hate him. He's the worst. He's the worst, but I love him. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I feel like there's a- That's charisma. That's personality. (laughs) A small version of that is 
what I do with Herb Dean. Like that was kind of a weird and dumb and stupid situation, but I love Herb Dean. I'm like, ah, it's a good stoppage. Yeah, it should have ended. That's fine. He did the right thing. Yeah, that, it's like, okay. Good, it away. good job, Herb. But if that was some ref that I don't really know or haven't heard of, I'm like, who is this fucking idiot? What is he doing? Well, you know you know who else falls in that camp? And he would be in our segment, who's Dana White mad at this week? But he wasn't really all that mad. Dana White was the same in the press conference. He was like, yeah, you know, Herb's a great guy. I get on well with him outside of the octagon. He's a good ref, but he's got to stop fucking touching the fighters. And like, just be a decisive. But we've seen Dana White absolutely tear shreds off refs for way less. And he's like, yeah, I like to smoke weed with Herb, so he's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And his name's Herb, so. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves Herb Dean, even though, like, if you were looking at it objectively, he's been quite incompetent recently and had, you know, had some bad refereeing moments, whether it's stopping too soon or not stopping a fight soon enough or being indecisive. And if it was any other ref, we'd be like, yo, this guy's got to go. But it's Herb Dean, so we're like, yeah, he's fun. He does the salute thing yeah. or, he does, you know. <laughs> He's got dreadlocks. <laughs> That's a great call. He's got dreadlocks. He's cool. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what it is, I feel like. But it, it, the fight was going to be over anyway, I think. It was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. It, was, it's, it saved him from, from more damage, and those big boys don't need, need, need the damage in, uh, they do. Um, Wait, what else happened on first, this card? Just one more note on that fight. Ben Rothwell has a pro record of. 39 and 14. <laughs> Imagine fighting that many times professionally as a heavyweight. Oh, my God. As a, yeah. He, he's got a couple of screws loose as well. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh, my I God. Know, I know. It's crazy crazy to see how many fights some of these guys have had. Um, <laughs> Felicia Spencer. Against as well and just where they were <laughs> in the situation of <laughs> He fought. In, he's fought. In, he's fought twelve times inside a Russian prison. <laughs> we should do a, a history part on him. <laughs> trying to dig up Ben Rothwell's early fights, fighting, fighting, fighting outside of a, a Bass Pro Shops in Virginia yeah, on a, on a Tuesday day. Tuesday night with the rain coming down, people throwing bricks into the cage. Some guy have to six FedEx people in the like audience. An old Nokia that has all these fights on it. <laughs> Uh, King of the Ring, he fought 12 times in one night <laughs> in the car park of a steak and shake. Oh, shit. Six, <laughs> of, them were, six of them were just you know, audience members who'd had a couple of extra PBRs and were getting a little bit feisty. Yeah. They'd finished a game of Edward Forty Hands. <laughs> yeah, safe to they say were... they had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting way off track here. As we as we are prone to do sometimes on on Punch yeah. Drunk podcast. Um, what I wanted to say is Felicia Spencer looked damn good. Um, nice stoppage victory, pounded on her opponent. But the problem is she fights at 145 pounds, and Dana White was less than convincing about that division's future in the press conference, saying like he was asked, I think, by John Morgan, "What do you do with this division?" And he was like, "It's kind of up to Amanda Nunes," which is a strange thing to say that the the outcome and future of an entire weight class is beholden on the woman who holds the belt in that weight class because they don't have any rankings except the fact that she's the champion it really is a strange um a, a strange situation obviously the big lingering question mark is whether kayla harrison current mma free agent and two-time pfl champion is going to 
to sign with the UFC, whether she's going to go to Bellator. Dana White doesn't seem all that excited in bringing, bringing her and trying to build a division around her and Amanda Nunes. Probably he knows Amanda doesn't have much, much left. Uh, the big fight to make for Amanda Nunes, really, the cash cow, is to give her the, another match with Valentina Shevchenko. That solves a lot of issues. Really, though, 145 is, is thin, and it seems strange to have, see someone come off a, a good win in the division and be like, yeah, but who are you going to fight? Because the division's about to be closed. Like, What do you do here? Seriously, there's, there's no real concrete answer, obviously, but like, if the president of the UFC isn't isn't offering up many solutions, then who the fuck else is going to? Right. I, you'd surely you'd think with Amanda Nunes, she wants the big ticket fight. The the only big ticket fight left for her inside the Triple UFC. C. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Triple C, yeah. Triple C, um, Valentina Shevchenko trilogy fight there, and Kayla Harrison if she signs a free agent. There's um, what's her name, the the uh, boxer Clarissa Shields. There's never going to happen. She already lo- she lost her second MMA fight to an absolute bum. Got submitted. She's a striker. She wants to come in and have like a cage boxing fight. She needs to go to like you know, have a special rules match in PFL or get Bellator to work something out. But Clarissa Shields, you know, is so, I, I'm closer to, to, to getting into the, into the UFC <laughs> and grappling than, than Clarissa Shields is, I think at this point, she's just not good. Uh, and so. How do you reckon you'd go get into the 45? I'm probably like 235 at the moment, carrying, carrying a few a extra legs. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh my goodness! As long as you Just keep that third maybe, one, mate. S- right. Send me, send me to, <laughs> send me to a Siberian labor camp for three months, and maybe I can get down to it. Eating nothing but, you know, boiled potato skins, and and doing twelve hours of heavy labor. I'll maybe give, I'll survive. I'll just give you some antibiotics. That'll, <laughs> that'll... Yeah, give me those meds that I'm allergic to and just drop me in hospital. Yeah, that'll do the trick. Um, but yeah, who, who knows? Honestly, I just want to see. I just want to see Amanda Nunes fight, and that's all I give a fuck about in that. That's quite close. Yeah, hard, hard, hard to care about much else at, uh, in that division right now, especially when the president doesn't. Um, Chaos Williams had a awesome fight with Miguel Baeza uh, once they started to. To, to unload that was a, a really really fun fight and chaos williams is is becoming a little bit of a problem here he's peeled off i think four back-to-back uh back-to-back wins in in the division and baez is no joke he he's you know was was 10 and 1 coming into this had, had a few good wins of his own um oh no sorry but he, he's won two in a row but he's only dropped uh one fight inside the ufc uh, so he's won four or five inside the octagon, uh, with and his, his his hands are starting to look really together, really good. He's got three performances of the nights as well, so he's an exciting exciting fighter. He uh, he he comes to finish and just just adding and you know some more young talent into this into this exciting one seventy pound division. If I'm being really really honest to our fans, I haven't watched this fight. <laughs> oh, terrible, Adam. I was nearly going to lie to said. I was nearly going to be like, yeah, yeah, it was a good fight. 
No, honesty, honesty is the best policy. We've got, you know what we've got? We've got a great, dedicated and knowledgeable fan base of Punchra. And they would have sniffed out your lives yeah, like a yeah. fucking triple pig. <laughs> Snuffling that, around. That. Adam's, like, Adam's nah, bullshit. Adam's bullshit. Okay, do yourself a favor. Go and watch that fight or at least go and watch the, the round because it's, it, it's a good stoppage. But <laughs> oh, Chaos yeah. Williams, yeah, um, um, has, has a good win over... over uh, Miguel Baeza, who you know is 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 absolutely no joke, and even though he's he's dropped two fights in a row, he's he's had a he's he's had some really great fights with that fight of the night performance against Ponzinibbio as well. So, uh, yeah, fun times ahead for for him and also um, uh, KS Williams. Uh, Song Yadong had a, a just a spectacular, a really I would say spectacular performance um, in in this in in the uh, one one thirty five pound division. And I think he's he's uh, he's moved up. Yeah, he's moved up now to 14th in the 135 division, and really is flying the flag hard for China. After they've, you know, things haven't been going well for Chinese MMA. Zhang Weili obviously lost. You had um, you had the leech get absolutely murked. So it's Song Yidong, who's just 23 years old and got one of the funniest names in MMA. Like how could. <laughs> Zhou Yidong, like that, what a what a great name! Isn't his nickname the Kung Fu Monkey as well? <laughs> Is it? Yeah, that's yeah. The kung the kung fu monkey dong. Like, how can you not enjoy that? You, you can't. It's it's a great name and seems like a bit of a star in the making. Anyone that is look, looks promising and is twenty three is usually going to be a fucking he, stud. And right, he's in and he's just about to turn twenty four as well. His kid's really really young and he's already got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fights in the UFC. One draw. And he was deducted a point for an illegal knee. He would have won that fight against Cody Stamen. So re- one loss to Kyla Phillips, who's a, a great prospect, and including a win over over Chito Vera, who's ranked ahead of him in the division there at 135. That fight happened at, at Featherweight. I can't remember the particulars around that. But to have a win at 20, you know, over someone ranked 11th in the division, who's putting together their own very nice little winning mm-hmm. streak, and to be to be a top fifteen at this age is um, is really really exciting, and he's got a great future. And if the UFC manages this right, they could have an absolute star in the making uh, with with Song Yidong. He's working with a great team, and that Chinese market they're trying to tap into. They have the PI over there. It could be you know they thought it was going to be Leech, they thought it was going to be Zhang Weili. Song Yidong could be the real big breakthrough star into the Chinese market for for the UFC. Let's get to the elephant in the room, if you don't mind. I do not mind at all. Anything else you want to touch on on that card? Only quickly, I would mention um, Alvarez. Joel Alvarez had another great finish, uh, but he's now ranked 15th at lightweight, which is a problem because he's missed weight the last two fights. And if he hadn't been spectacular in his performances, uh, I think Dana White would be a lot more pissed off. Uh, But to come to, to be ranked despite missing weight the last two fights is a problem. He's got to get that shit under control, but he certainly is a prospect at 155, which as we know, is just a loaded division and he's representing the European continent fighting it, you know, being a Spanish fighter there. So that's all I want to mention him. But yes, let's talk about the, the giant elephant in the room, the huge news that everyone is talking about, which is Rob Font against Jose Aldo. No, 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 no. It's uh, the Leon Edwards and Jorge Masvidal fight is off. Oh, this ruined my day. It ruined my week. The card, <clears throat> t- 
USA 269 is, is still stacked, but this was the fight I was most looking forward to. And Masvidal better be fucking injured is all I say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how serious the injury is. We don't really have any details about it just yet, but it could be that this isn't, you know, if there wasn't the uh, possibility of coaching Ultimate Fighter, which has sort of come out of nowhere in the beef that's going on uh, with Colby Covington, maybe he would have forced through this injury. And 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 and, but in the back of his mind, um, he, you know, he, he doesn't like did. Leon Edwards. He sees like he's it's, he feels like he's giving Leon Edwards a payday as well, and maybe he's just like, nah, not asked. Yeah, I think he probably sees the the Covington fight. Like the Covington fight, he, he, if he's really, really honest with himself, he probably looks at them both and goes, you know what, I'm probably not going to win either of these fights. He'd never tell anyone that, but that's probably what he yes. And he's like, the Covington fight is probably just going to bring in way more money and that will also earn me a title shot if I do happen to beat him. So, Right. Yeah, but and there's the ultimate fighter backdrop. <laughs> he could be. Yeah, exactly. Right. He, he really could be. Leon Edwards has come out giving his spiel. But then, Leon, what are you doing, man? Like, I got love for Leon. He's on a great streak. You know, I've been pounding the drum for his title shot. Fellow countryman. But also, he's doing everything in his power to make MMA fans just not give a shit about his career and title prospects. Now he's saying he's going to sit and wait for Kamaru Rusman, who isn't going to fight until April at best, you would guess. You know, he's going to take some time off. He wants the biggest fights, and Leon's going to sit and wait for this title shot that isn't promised. And we've seen what happened. Look at Carla Esparza. She just said she wanted to sit and wait for the outcome. Dana White's got different, uh, got a, uh, you know, different ideas. It doesn't look like it's going to be Carla, even though Rose has said, "Oh yeah, I'll fight Carla and I'll get that fight back." Yeah. The reality is, the matchups are going to be what the fans want. What is the clamor for when there's no clear number one person banging on the door now that Usman has cleared the division out? If Leon s- steps up and goes, okay, he's out, but give me someone else or give me Kamzat or give me whoever and wins that fight, all of a sudden you've got a whole lot of fan interest and investment in seeing Leon Edwards have his title shot. But what you have currently is um, is um, Leon, who through no fault of his own, really has got, has got one win in over... Two years, yeah. Because he had the eye poke against Bilal Muhammad. All of these fights have fallen through, and he had the win over Nate Diaz. And even though he beat the shit out of Nate Diaz, that win didn't really do much for his stock because he got clipped at the end and was on ice skates. He's got an incredible resume. He's undefeated since his last fight with Kamaru Usman in 2015. Both of these fighters have evolved since then. By CV alone, Leon Edwards is the guy. He is the fight to make. But there's just no fan interest. And every time he gets on an interview and gets on a microphone, he doesn't do himself any favors. Waiting six months, wanting to spend time with his family. Everyone's like, Leon, all you've done is spend time with your family in the last two years, mate. Like, sort it out. You should be calling someone out. You should be forcing the UFC hands. And it now looks like Gilbert Burns versus uh, Kamzat Chimaev is in the works for 100, you know, at the 170-pound uh, weight class here. And you bet if... Kamzat comes out and starches Burns. Who do you think is getting the next title shot? Yeah, exactly. And, like, if you're going to fight Hamzat Chimaev, 
who who would have been the guy, let's be honest, if there was anyone that's going to replace, if Leon was just like, give me whoever, Hamzat was going to be the guy that fought because that's who Dana would have been like, yeah, we're throwing him in and then this is a shortcut Correct. to get him to a title shot, blah, blah, blah. If you're going to fight him, you want to fight him now if you're Leon Edwards because you're going to have to fight him at some point. He's only going to get better. Uh, mm-hmm. And you've been training for a fight. Just fight him. And you, he probably he probably would have won. Like, who knows? Like, Jemayev could be this absolute freak of nature beast that everyone's talking to him about, but he might not be as well. And Edwards has got the skills. He's prepped for this. He's ready to fucking take on Usman and maybe beat Kamara right. Usman. You and he was supposed to him fight him three times. He's prepared for him previously three times, and this fight has fallen through. So this is not difficult to put back together. It's a weird one. It's so weird that there's, of course, there's th- things going on we don't know about for sure. But like, maybe Leon's got an injury as well, and he just doesn't want to say that. And he's just like, "Thank fucking god," because I had this niggling something, and I didn't want to pull it. Like, who knows? But it's weird. It, it seems so weird because Leon just wins the UFC over. He wins Dana over. He wins fans that didn't even know about him know about him if he takes a random fight here and then wins it. You know. But now it's just like he's just yeah. cold and. Even yeah, like even so, you seem a little bit off him, and you love him. I love him, but you have to you have to recognize that he's just making bad decisions over and over again. Uh, some of them, you know, especially given all the bad luck he's had, he should be looking to seize on every opportunity possible and voluntarily sitting on the sidelines. Just isn't good for his career. It isn't good with fans, and there's so much murkiness in the division right now that. He, you, you know, you could make a case for Vicente Luque to get a title shot. Even, even though he didn't make weight when he weighed in as the alternate, the UFC still paid him to be the alternate guy. And they could go, okay, yeah, let's give it to Vicente. Or I was listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Great, great podcast. I'm sure anyone who listens to Punch Drunk also listens to the Fight Disciples the uh, with Adam Catterall and, and Nick Petey from BT Sport. Brilliant pod. They said, you know, Michael Chiesa is fighting uh, this this coming weekend against Sean Brady. If Kiesa comes out and dominates Brady and is impressive, he should get on the microphone and call out Leon Edwards ASAP. Say, I'll I'll back it up and come 269 in, in December. Let's make this happen. Put Leon Edwards on the back foot and make him look bad for not accepting that fight. Do something. But everyone in this division is climbing for a title shot. If Wonderboy versus Bilal Muhammad has been booked, it's going to happen on the, the final of final UFC card of, of 2021 on the undercard of Derek Lewis against Chris Dorcas. Imagine if Stephen Wonderboy Thompson comes out and head kicks Bilal Muhammad into oblivion. You've got a guy who does analysis for the UFC, <laughs> right? It would be awesome. Does, you know, he has analysis. He does analysis on TV for the UFC. He's a known guy. He has a big social media presence. He has Ali Abdelaziz, who's his manager, who has always got lots of juice. You had Joe Rogan mention him by name in the broadcast, which was a bit strange after uh, Kamara Rosman Colby Covington fight. A bit strange to to name check the number ninth ranked guy, but maybe he knows something that we don't know. That Stephen Thompson and Bilal Muhammad, if either of them puts on a good performance, one. One of them could be in line because you've got number two, Gilbert Burns being taken out the way. Number three, Leon Edwards, who wants to sit on the sidelines, who could easily get bypassed. And number one, Colby Covington, who's just lost. So there are a lot of options uh, for, for the next title shot. So, yes, I'm excited to see Gilbert Burns versus Kamzat. I'm disappointed Leon Edwards isn't taking that fight. Uh, it's just it's just a shame that we're not going to see Leon Masvidal. And if we're being quite honest, we probably will never see that fight now. We'll never have that personal beef result. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Unless Mar- Masvidal has this second coming of a career, like career and starts starching people again, but I can't see that happening. Which I don't think he will because as Leon Edwards quite rightly has pointed out, his hype train is off a good win over Darren Till and then a lucky shot against Ben Askren and then really not much else outside of that. He's a journey. Exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, you say Rogan... Was, did you say Rogan mentioned Bilal Muhammad's name in the... Yeah, and everyone was, like, everyone was like, what the fuck is Rogan talking about? And the only thing I can think of is like, Rogan is like plugged in. He knows Bilal. Bilal works for ESPN. Like, that's all I can think of is Rogan has heard something in conversation or someone's mentioned something to have his name there because you wouldn't look down at number nine, boring Bilal Muhammad, who, you know, shagged Damian Meyer in a, in a boring situation in his last fight. I reckon Rogan maybe you, just... just- was you know trying to find a name in his head in that division and entirely possible entirely yeah. possible but now he does have an opportunity to go and fight the number five ranked huge fan favorite everyone loves Stephen wonderboy thompson he goes out and puts on a performance against him his name shoots up into the top five mix conversely if thompson comes out and starches a top 10 guy who has you know has got a bit of clout people People want to see Bilal Muhammad get knocked out. It's just his personality. He's had the beef with Ariel Halani as well. doesn't matter, good or bad. People talk about Bilal Muhammad. He's a bit of an online online joke, but he's, you know, he's top 10. He's a top 10 welterweight. But if he, yeah. if, if, if Wonderboy comes out and does some sick spinning shit and head kicks him into oblivion, please, that he's back in the mix. He's back in the mix maybe one more time because you have maybe Gilbert has, has a war with Chimaev and loses, but Chimaev can't then fight for six months. Uh, and then Usman's looking for, for a dance partner. All of a sudden, Wonderboy makes sense. There's just many permutations. And if you're not absolutely screaming from the rooftops and making noise for what you deserve, you ain't going to get it. And the fans aren't going to want to see it. Yeah, and, and we've also got a think about like it Dana's obviously going to be off Leon Edwards I assume and then Kamara oh, probably Dana uh, fucking hates him yeah so he has to and then Kamara Usman is at the point now where he just picks and chooses who he fights really like he he really does have a say at some yes he's won so much so he can just be like I don't want to fucking fight that guy like there's not going to be money in it really what he's like he I've already beaten that years? guy I've already beaten he's him. Like, like, I've already like, beaten him yeah he can he can list five things can't he if he really wants so it's it's so weird it's bizarre right and Leon Edwards is just giving him another excuse yeah definitely definitely but crazy hey, what a stacked division they're all fucking stacked ridiculous ridiculous and just if you ever just want to see something really fun, just go and look at Kamara Usman's record because it is it is really impressive. Um, a lot of fun just seeing all of those Ws there. He, he really has put together an incredible body of work there at 170. Uh, I did mention it before, sort of half-joking, but we do have a bit of a banger, a fight night announced. Uh, Rob Font against Jose Aldo. This could be really, really fun. Definitely. And any Aldo and anyone is fun, especially at the lighter weight. I can't yep. wait. And, um, yeah, just a... I guess a little bit of a fight night gem. Yeah, absolutely. Jose Aldo's had a little bit of a career resurgence. So, um, yeah, really. Uh, yeah, so it, it's going to be 4th of December. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a few interesting fights. We've got uh, Kiwi Brad Rydell against Rafael Fiziev and uh, Jimmy Crute against Jamal Hill, which could be a really, really fun fight, and Jake Matthews. So quite a few, quite a few uh, 
down under. You know, Aussies in uh, down unders on this on this on this card. So we we might have to uh, we might have, might have to uh, yeah reach out to our friend Chris and see if he wants to come back on and and, and preview that one because that'll be a good good card. I'm looking forward to it. For sure, for sure. Um, we've got fight night this weekend. Another one. What are you most looking yes, forward to? Anything you're expecting? Anything the fans should look out for? Yeah, there's a few things to look forward to on this one. Um, you know, I'm not Misha Tate. Okay, cool. she looked okay in a in a comeback, but not not too excited about the main event. But uh, Davy Grant against Adrian Yanez is going to be a banger. Adrian Yanez just knocking dudes out on an absolute tear. <laughs> That's going to be really good. Uh, Davy Grant, bit more of a jiu-jitsu guy who's all of a sudden found some hands recently. Uh, always good to see UK fighters doing well and be on main cards. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, uh, Terence McKinney, who holds the fastest knockout in lightweight division history in seven seconds from his UFC debut. He's fighting for a ZM in his second UFC fight. He's been promising a lot on Twitter. Really looking forward to seeing that. I think that's going to be a, an excellent fight. He, Terence McKinney comes to bang. I don't think he's ever, uh, I think all of his fights have uh, gone, uh, been, been, been first round finishes. And he's got an incredible story as well. If you haven't, if you haven't paid attention to, uh, to his career, you've got to, you've got to check that out. Um, I, he, he died twice. He had some substance abuse problems, but he's, he's turned, turned his, turned his life around, but he's uh, yeah. Round one, round one, round one, four round one stoppages in a row. Um, all of his wins have come by except, except one have come in the, in the first round. So uh, yeah, really, really, really exciting to see what he's going to, going to bring in, in his second UFC bout. Uh, and then of course, Michael Chiesa against Sean Brady, really interesting fight. Sean Brady's an absolute beast stud. But Michael Chiesa, we know what he's going to do, but he's so good at what he wants to do that it's just, well, can Sean Brady solve that puzzle? But that's a hell of a fight here back at the 170 division. And as I said, if Michael Chiesa's got any sense about him, shit, if Sean Brady's got any sense about him, if one of these guys comes out and has a great win, Leon Edwards is the guy you're calling out and you're saying, I'll back this fight up and I will fight again in a few weeks' time at UFC 269. Don't be scared, Leon. 100%. That would be... Especially if it's a pretty convincing early win, so there's, there's no damage. Like it doesn't just seem like an outrageous call. You know, if you got two black eyes and a swollen foot, and you're calling out Leon Edwards, yeah, you might seem like an idiot. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll fight yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be that'd be such a gangster move. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I agree. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what happens here with. Um, with uh Misha, Misha Tate and what she can get done here um Ketlin Vieira's ranked seventh at the moment Misha Tate's ranked eighth so you know realistically given the state of the the division uh and how Nunes has cleaned it out and we expect her to to, to beat Peña again this could be a one one spectacular performance away from a title shot. Mm. Um, It'll be interesting to see if Tate still like looks really really good again. Yeah, I, I think I think she'll look I think she'll look fine. But this isn't a this is an easy fight for her. But I think I think I think she'll look good. Got that that one fight out of the way. She's back. She's training full time. So yeah. yeah, I think that'd be that'd, that'd be that'd be really interesting. But the yeah the two the two names two young exciting fighters that you should be really excited for. Dave, uh, the Adrian Yanez fight against Davy Grant and Terence Kinney against Farah Ziem. I'm very, very excited to see what T Rex can do 
in this fight, considering how explosive he was in his debut and his history. He's he's real fun on Twitter as well. So if you don't follow him, you should definitely do that. Uh, Terence McKenna, I think he's at T-Rex155 or something like that. He's a really, really good follow on Twitter. So shout out to him. Adam, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Any other news? I'm just I'm just scrolling the uh, MMA fighting <laughs> website, seeing if anything else has come out that we want to talk about. Um, no, there isn't. Yeah. I, not on my No, there's, there's, there's nothing really. Oh, just, just I suppose, uh, actually, which, you know, uh, he coming off a, a really positive performance at UFC 267, Magomed Ankalaev uh, has earned a main event shot uh, in March against Thiago Santos in the light heavyweight, Santos, excuse me, in the light heavyweight division. These guys are like, uh, the, these guys are ranked quite highly in the division there they're ranked five and six according to the ufc so that's a good matchup and just another name to enter into the uh into the future title title pitcher there at light heavyweight uh and and surprising to no one the ufc uh has posted their best uh nine month revenue in a year to date and expect to finish strong with ufc 269 so you know good to see the ufc being successful and Hopefully that translates to fighters getting more more pay opportunities, and I think we're going to see a lot of investment in those performance institutes as well. So, uh, you know, the UFC going from strength to strength. Yeah, I give us credit for most of that, to be honest. Like we started well, the pod what seven eight months ago, and uh, look at look yeah at UFC the UFC. Since then. If if you drew a graph of our listeners going up with the UFC revenue going up, they they pretty much. They pretty much follow one another. I'm not here to say that you know correlation equals causation, but I'm, I'm, I, I think I, I yeah you are, and I think I think Dana White should be sending us some of that bread because we've helped we've helped grow this fledgling MMA organization with our spotlight and our incredible podcasting. Exactly, we've been selling pay per views for months now and um, need some sort of remuneration. If there we go, remuneration. I'll take I'll take free pay per views at this point, like just a pay per view credit for each one. Like that'll do me. <laughs> Maybe a free fight pass subscription. I'm not picky. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that, but I'd rather uh, more because I'm greedy. Fuck. Oh, oh, always, always more. But you know, just gotta <laughs> gotta ease in. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, you can find us at at Punch Drunk Pod on Instagram, at Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter, Punch Drunk Pod at gmail.com, Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok, and Punch Drunk Podcast on YouTube. I nailed it, Lewis. You absolutely nailed it. Uh, nailed please it. subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Leave us a little rating there. That builds our visibility in the sports and combat sports section of the podcast so other people can find it and share in the growth of Punch Drunk. We appreciate everyone listening. We have noticed that the, the listenership is, has been really strong and consistent the last few episodes. So thank you to everyone who does listen and chooses to spend their precious time listening to two morons talk UFC and a bit of broader MMA in general. Please share with your friends and let's try and build. We want to keep, keep growing these listeners listenership throughout the end of the year. And we're going to try to continue to, to get better and bring you what you want. So if there is something that you think, the podcast is missing send us an email reach out tell us what you want to see if you'd like guests on the show we'll obviously you know if there's some names that you would like we'll do the best we can we're not really a huge guest podcast at the moment but if that's something that you're interested in we can certainly try to do that as well but for now uh this has been episode 20 that's adam i'm lewis we're going to get on out of here thanks for listening thanks guys
Let's get it!